So this morning, we're going to start a brand new message series that I'm really excited about. It's called Best Gift Ever. <laughs> and I'm really excited about it because if you, if you go back and you read about the very first Christmas in the first century, there were a few key individuals in the Bible who started experiencing God stirring things up. Um, we can read about some people who were experiencing some pain, uh, people that were experiencing unanswered prayer, uh, some confusion, some, some, a lot of uncertainty. And the individuals that we read about in the Bible, they, they didn't know it at first, but God was preparing to give each of them an incredible gift. And that gift was a deeper faith that addressed a tender spot in each person's individual life. And so as we head into December, you might feel like some things in your life are getting a little stirred up. Maybe you feel some pain or some confusion. Maybe you're, there's some things that you're struggling with. And it might be that God is preparing to give you an incredible gift. God might be getting ready to speak directly to the tender spots in your life right now. He might give you a renewed faith that results in tremendous hope and joy. So each Sunday through December, we're going to read about one key individual from the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke. And so we're going to work through chapters 1 and 2 of, of the Bible of, of Luke. And uh, we're going to read about Zechariah and Mary and Elizabeth and Joseph. And God's faithfulness to each of these people might reveal to you the compassionate care that God is giving you this Christmas season. So I don't know if you've started any of your Christmas shopping yet, but when you're out and about and you're shopping for decor or a Christmas tree, I don't know if you've really, if you've noticed that people tend to get tense and irritable in the stores. Um, we, we, were, we were doing some shopping and uh, I think I didn't pull out of the parking lot fast enough because the guy was behind me. He just peeled out around me and he just flew into the street honking and um, zoomed past me. And my, my daughter, I was like, man, people are just seem so tense. And my daughter, Liana, she's like, why, why do people feel that way around Christmas time? I'm like, that's a great question. Why is there an increase of buzzing tension in the stores? I was trying to come up with an answer. Aaron and I were both trying to you know, answer this question. I, maybe one reason is it's really inconvenient to be slowed down by people. Um, you know, the stores are packed, lines are long, and the parking lots are full. The parking lot we happened to be in at the moment was Trader Joe's, which is not great on, on like an off holiday season. It for sure, it lived up to its expectations yesterday, I'll tell you that. And, uh, you know, it's hard to wait. You know, is, is that the reason? Is like, is that the reason people get frustrated? It's just hard to wait, feels inconvenient. And, you know, before I could judge that guy who peeled out around me, I actually was feeling the same way about like 15 minutes earlier because we were getting our Christmas tree and I pulled up in Home Depot and they've got this great system, but I got into a line where I had to wait for the person in front of me to have their tree tied on before I could go anywhere. And I was like, oh, I do not have time for this. Like, let me go. And so I'm like, I'm like, it's a day off. What, what, what have I got to do? We're going to decorate the tree. Why, why do I feel so anxious to get out of here? And I'm like, all right, this is, it's seeping into me too. I don't know what's going on. But we're going to look at the story in the Bible today, and it's all about God's proper timing. Now, for most of us, the proper timing really just 
usually means immediately, like now. <laughs> like the, the time that I want, the, the best time for God to answer my prayers is right now. It's when I want it on my timetable. And it doesn't always happen that way. And so I want to read, we're going to dive into this story. I'm really excited about this uh, story of Zachariah is the first person we're going to look at. He kind of opens the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. He was a priest, and uh, something supernatural happens to him. But we're going to start in verse 5. It says, In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So this is a very priestly couple. I mean, he, he was a priest, but she was a descendant of Aaron. He, you know, that's the guy that started the priestly families. And so it says, both of them, both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame, according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. So here's a couple that wanted kids, but they were, they were now too old, so that wasn't going to happen. So in verse 8, it says, When his division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of the incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. So here's Zechariah. He's about to go do his priestly duties in the sanctuary. It says it was chosen by lot. It's kind of like rolling dice. It, like they were, like, essentially like rolled dice to see who would get picked to go in. But we'll see that even, even that is totally arranged by God. They believe that God picked even out of the lot. And so God picks the fall of the dice every time. And so there's, there's, no, there's actually no such thing as chance or luck. And so it was determined that he would be going into the sanctuary today. Verse 11 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. Even if, you know, even if you knew it was an angel of God, I think probably just seeing something supernatural, probably the first instinct would be fear and terror. Like, what is going to happen? But here's, here's what the first thing that the angel says. It's amazing. It says, the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. So an angel comes and gives amazing news. This is incredible. This is the thing that they had prayed for for so long. The couple that could not get pregnant, they're now going to have a child. How many times do you think Zachariah must have prayed for this to happen? How many times must he have begged and cried out to God? And I love this phrase, your prayer has been heard. But if you, let's just think about it for a second, though. Um, I, I doubt that Zechariah had prayed any time recently for a child, though. I, I actually doubt that he, he probably didn't even pray that morning, Lord, give us a child, because, you know, we just read a few minutes ago, Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. They were old. Elizabeth probably stopped having a monthly cycle. At a certain point, maybe they just accepted reality. They said, all right. Probably, this is probably done and over. So maybe the fact that God heard this prayer, maybe 
it was an answer to prayer, but it was a prayer that was prayed years before. Maybe, man, it could have even been a decade since the last time that Zechariah prayed about having a child. I don't know the exact time frame, but I would guess certainly that the answer was far later than you would have preferred. I think the first thing that we can learn from this story is that God hears our prayers and he responds in the proper time. God hears our prayers and he responds in the proper time. But man, I'll tell you what, sometimes the proper time seems way overdue. <laughs> maybe, maybe God and I define proper time a little differently. <laughs> usually, usually the proper time is much more immediate and it seems like God is okay with drawing things out a little bit. So I, I don't know if you've ever prayed for something and it seemed like radio silence for years. Like, I have, you ever, have you ever struggled with God's apparent lack of answer? You're not the only one. If that's you, you're not the only one. We'll see that Zacharias seemed to be, instead of being really excited about this news, he, he struggled with this news from the angel. He struggled to believe it, even, even though it was, this was the thing that he wanted for so long. In the next few verses, the, the angel Gabriel tells more details about the incredible role that this new son, John, it's going to be John the Baptist, this incredible role that he'll have. He's going to have one of the most unique roles in history. He's going to be the last of a great line of prophets before Jesus came. And so I'll just read a few of these verses, um, what the angel says. He says, There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will never drink wine or beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous and to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. So this is just a, an amazing summary of, of what's about to happen through this child that God clearly had a plan for. So th this is amazing. Hey, praise God for sending an angel to, to elaborate on the details so beautifully. <clears throat> but despite this miracle, here's Zechariah's response in verse 18. He says, how can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. He says, for I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. It's as if he's giving the side eye to the angel, like, come on, like, how can I know that this is going to actually happen? He, he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe that this is going to happen. Act, he's acting like a skeptic like he wants evidence. I mean, he's, he's saying, here's my counter-argument to that. We're old. <laughs> There's no way we're going to have kids. How is this going to happen? It, he's throwing shade on God's, you know, amazing announcement. His doubts in this moment were greater than his belief in what God had said. And so here's what I'm wondering. I mean, there's an angel standing in front of him. Like, how is this his response? I'm wondering if somewhere along the line, I'm wondering if he stopped praying because he didn't get the desired answer. And I wonder if he started developing a cynical attitude toward God. Because maybe God just withholds good things from me. Maybe God's cruel to not answer our prayer. 
Man, even, even when there is an angel of God standing in front, Zacharias still was not easily persuaded. How is that possible? I think maybe he developed a crust of bitterness toward God. Maybe he was sort of insulated and he had this shell that developed from some misgivings toward God. Now, I don't know for sure. It doesn't actually give us that much detail in his case, but I do know that same type of thing happens for us nowadays. We have dead prayers. We have things like long gone in the past that we had prayed for, maybe things you gave up on, or maybe things you feel like you ought to give up on. And sometimes our hearts imperceptibly grow a crust of bitterness toward God. I don't know if you have any areas of your life where you feel let down by God. If you do, those are, those are the tender spots in your life. I think a lot of people have those tender spots. And with, with Zechariah, and sometimes with us, God puts his finger right on those tender spots. And those are the areas where God demonstrates his best works of compassion and mercy. So let's see how this plays out. So Zechariah says, skeptically, how can I know that? And here's the answer. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. He's like, look, look at me. I'm an, I'm an angel sent from God to you. Like, you need more evidence than this right now. He says, I was sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news from God. So what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? How, do, how are you going to know? Verse 20, he says, now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Man, that stands out to me. First thing, he did not believe God, that things would be fulfilled in their proper time, which proper time we know is God's timeline. That's a powerful statement. That is a very powerful statement. All, so what, what's happening while this is all going on, he's in the sanctuary having this supernatural experience. All the other priests are outside waiting, wondering what's going on, what's taking so long, and finally he comes out and he can't talk. He's speechless. He's mute. And they start realizing that something happened because he's motioning with his hand. He's probably communicating whatever way he can. And so they realize something happened. So he gets this consequence of being unable to speak, which... If you look at some of the other consequences in the Bible, this one's fairly light. <laughs> um, you know, he didn't believe maybe, maybe the angel, maybe God is merciful. The consequence was light. It was, it, there was a consequence, but it was merciful. And it all came true. What the angel said, what God had said actually happened. Elizabeth miraculously conceived. Zachariah was unable to talk for nine months through the whole pregnancy until his son was born. And we're going to pick up that part of the story when we focus on Elizabeth later in this, in this series. It's really fascinating to see her journey of faith in all of this, to see her, her side of this. So I hope you come back next week. Um, the story will shift to Mary and then to Elizabeth. But we have this situation where Zachariah didn't believe God's word at first. And it's amazing to me to think about He's not believing, maybe feeling skeptical and bitter, and maybe this is going on for years. And all the while, 
God was queuing up a better story than he could have possibly imagined. Man, I would say God did not give Zachariah what he deserved. But he was so merciful and so good. God answered the prayer for a child. This was the thing they prayed for. But man, the way he answered it was so much more over-the-top incredible. I mean, having a, having a kid would be miracle enough. That would be that alone would be huge. They'd be celebrating for days and years. That would be amazing. They would have been filled with delight just to have a kid. But this son, John, is going to prepare the way for the Savior of the whole world. This is mind-blowing. Jesus, Jesus later, in Matthew 11, Jesus said this about John. He said, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared. This, and it's not because John himself was like an amazing guy. It was because of this incredible God-given role that was so great. This is such a privilege. So Zechariah had his own version of the proper time, but God had something very different in mind. God's real proper time for Zechariah involved a much bigger story. A few minutes ago, I read from verse 14, and here's what it says. The angel says to Zechariah, when this boy is born, there will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. God's plan involved a much greater joy and delight than they would have received than if they had it their own way. This is amazing. I wonder if somewhere along the line, this couple who couldn't conceive, if they ever thought, is God just punishing me? Like this thing that we want? You know, at, at the beginning of this chapter, it says they were both righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and their requirements. So we know that they were walking in integrity. They were carefully observing God's ways. So it's like, man, what are we doing wrong? Like, is, are we being punished for something? And actually, during this time, a lot of people would have assumed that this was a punishment. But no, the, the thing that, this is not about punishment. It says many will rejoice at his birth. There, there was going to be tremendous blessing that would cascade to countless people through this. This story was not just about them. It was about blessing more people. So this was not about punishment. This was about masses of people experiencing loads of blessing from God. And many of them would experience eternal life. It, maybe at some point, it would have been good to tell Zachariah, your life is not about you. Some, you know, I had a mentor tell me that once. My life is not about me. <laughs> That's kind of a sobering thing. Your life is not about you. It was, certainly God blesses us, but he's, he's, he's aiming for a much greater blessing. So it's really easy for us to look at our life circumstances, and you look at these bad things that are happening, and then we, we form an interpretation this bad thing is a punishment. Or this bad thing means God is cruel. Sometimes he does discipline. So sometimes we actually get ourselves into trouble. But even the discipline is designed to bring us closer to him. But usually it's, it's really, we don't even know. Sometimes the bad things are happening, and it's really hard to put your thumb exactly on the reason. We really want to know why. It's really hard to make a decisive conclusion about what God is doing until we see the whole story play out. So sometimes it just takes time. 
Abraham Lincoln said, time is a great thickener of things. <laughs> we just watched a biography on his, and I love that quote. But sometimes it takes a little bit more time to see more of what God is doing. Generally, God is working a much bigger story than we can see in the middle of the pain. So I wanted to give a few examples of how this might play in real life. And so I've asked Ali Asha to share um, a few stories with us. And so I think we need a microphone. Do you have that? She's got it already. All right, so here's Ali Asha. She's a, a member of our church. And she's, um, I asked her about a few stories on Thanksgiving. Hey. There you go. All right, so um, Ali Asha is... Um, she has a lot of experience praying. She's, actually, she's one of the people on our prayer team and really does faithfully pray and, and walks with God in that way. And so there's a few, I asked her to share about a couple stories where she's prayed and seen God come through, but um, not right away. And so what's she got? Yeah. Um, so there are two uh, very meaningful prayers that God came through like decades later. Um, so one of them was... Um, when I was like three, I remember being three years old um, when we were expecting my brother and I really, really wanted a baby sister. Um, so everyone was saying, uh, like everyone told me it was gonna be a boy and I refused to believe it. Um, and then as soon as I like saw him, I kind of forgot it, forgot about it. Um, but then like throughout the years, like I would still remember like that strong desire that I had um, and when I was 13 I, I like kind of forgot that I ever really wanted that because you know the years just passed by and I was like finally having a brother and I was just happy really happy to have a sibling and then when I was 13 I remember my parents we were in the car and my parents uh, told us that we were going to have another sibling and immediately in that moment I was like oh my goodness is it going to be a because that desire that I had so strongly um, when I was there, I just like remember like how strong it was and I remember praying to God about it um, despite my age. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then it was a girl. Um, and looking back, I honestly really see um, the blessing of God's timing in that and how I think he protected me because I feel like um, had my pet had a sister when I wanted a sister, I feel like there would have been envy there, whereas now there isn't. Um, just for certain uh, things that she has that I was specifically insecure about in her at her age. Um, so that's like one detail of the story. And then the other one, um, she she was actually one of <coughs> one of the um, people that helped me come to Christ in a way of like I saw the fruit in her life growing up and going to church with my mom. Um, so that was really impactful for me to want to see God. So there was like, yeah, protection, and then also actually, um, God used her to help me see um, the Holy Spirit through her. So that was one story. <laughs> Love it. So, and how long ago did you become a Christian? Um, it was, I think it's almost four years. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Nice. Very good. Okay. But wait, there's more. <laughs> All right. So that was one story. Here, You have one other one. Yeah. And the reason I shared that is because in my 28 years of life, that was like one of the longest answered prayers. Like it was like 13, 10 years like after a prayer. 
Um, and then the other story was basically uh, regarding the relationship um, that um, my ex-boyfriend, who meant a lot to me, um, and then we broke up, and that I was I was younger. I was a teenager. I was like 16, 17. Um, but basically, I had. Um, I had lied to him about something that caused him a lot of pain. Um, and then just like throughout the years, I felt very, it, I was kind of carrying that guilt and I prayed for very intense prayers um, regarding just like clearing up um, our relationship and even the lie that I had said to him. Um, and I kind of like, and especially after becoming a Christian too, I feel like, um, the Lord really just convicted me that I, it's, I, I can't just like feel this that I have to do, but I actually have to do it. Um, but then because it had been so many years and he also like got married, it was just like not appropriate for me to be like, hey, you know, clear up something from so long ago. <clears throat> but the Lord knew that I had been praying for many, many years. Um, and actually, I even like came to peace. Um, with just like, even if we never speak again and that never gets cleared up, like, I cleared it up with the Lord, so I was just like at peace about it, and I kind of like forgot because it was, it just seemed so unlikely that we would ever clear that up, and <clears throat> and he even lives in like a different country, so it just seemed very unlikely. Um, and then ten years later, <laughs> um, we actually, the Lord provided a, um, an opportunity to clear that up last Christmas, which was just like very shocking to me because I wasn't expecting it at all. And it happened so beautifully and so respectfully. And there was, I feel like the timing was so impactful because um, the Lord was really preparing me with like what I would say. Like, had it been two, three years prior, maybe I wouldn't have said the entire truth, or maybe I would have like wiggled around it. <clears throat> or had it been before he got married, we would have got it back together, and clearly that's not what the Lord wants because that's not the case. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of protection. I, I mean, I use those two examples a lot um, with prayers that I have now that I'm praying very strongly about because um, it just reminds me, like, had I had it in my timing and my way, it wouldn't have been that great. Um, and the Lord... I, it just makes me think about so many, so many things that um, the Lord is just protecting and putting together that I can't see. Um, and those were just two examples for me that were very meaningful. And um, yeah, that's awesome. So you'd say that. Um, I mean, both those cases, ten years is a long time. Thanks for sharing openly about that, by the way. Yeah. So as you think about, there's you, there's things that you pray for now. And then those examples of God coming through really build your faith. Definitely. Yeah. I like wrote, I try to write things down whenever it's an answered prayer. Because, of course, like God will answer, you know, other little prayers throughout, like, life. But um, it's, it's been very helpful. Just those two, because of the timing of, like, even if I forget a prayer, this has been, been a big thing for me. Like, I might forget prayers, like, even if I pray about other people. But the Lord doesn't, so he, he, yeah, he never forgets, and that's something that's grown my faith a lot. Hmm. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Great. Thank you, sir. 
I love what you said right at the end. That even if we forget our own prayers, the things we prayed for, just like that angel had said, your prayer has been heard. God is listening. He's taking track and account of those things. I think um, in the case of the man we read about in Luke chapter 1, Zechariah, I think he probably walks a long path of suffering and sorrow in, in all of that waiting, wishing that they could have kids, in all of those times of prayer, just crying out to God. And in my own experience of walking through some painful valleys, just praying for God's mercy, I've found that it is so worth it when you finally get to the other side and where I see God come through for me. Because suddenly, once I, once I see God take care of it, and then when, then when I look back on the season of pain, it somehow seems less intense. It almost seems shorter. But when you're in the middle of it, it feels out of control intense. It's like it's going to take forever, and it may never get resolved. But then, you, then God brings you through it, and you're like, wow, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like, after all, like, oh, man, God is with me. And so I think, you know, as we're coming on another Christmas season, you know, the years go by, I think year after year, the best gift is faith to trust God at deeper levels. The faith that you have right now may need to go deeper to carry you through the challenges that you may be facing in the future. Zachariah finally did trust God. He received the best gift ever. He got a deeper faith in God's word. And he's, he's the first person that we read about in the Gospel of Luke. So his faith struggle that we just read about, it's the opening act for the Christmas story. And because of that, it's easy to identify with him. It's kind of nice to know that we're not the only ones who deal with faith struggles. And so as we get ourselves ready for Christmas this year, to so get ready to celebrate the birth of Christ, take some time to reflect on your own journey of faith in Jesus. Here's some possible next steps that you might take in reflection this week. One thing you might do is to reject doubt and mistrust of God. Maybe you're wrestling with some emotions. Maybe you know you are, or maybe you are and you don't even realize it. And there's just a, a crust of bitterness forming that's, that's maybe now it's starting to block your ability to pray, to relate to God, to be close or warm or connected to God. Well, you can reject that, reject those things. And one of the ways that you do that is by declaring, God, I trust you. In those quiet moments of prayer, as you're praying, as you're pouring your heart out to him, just declare your trust in him, in his goodness. Choose to believe. Man, I'm going to choose to believe that God will be good to me. He's not going to rip me off. So a question as you're, as you're wrestling through your trust, ask yourself, do you have faith to trust God's proper timing in your life? I mean, for us, the, the proper timing means now. <laughs> but do you have faith to trust God's timing? Another next step you might do is continue to pray as long as it takes. Keep praying. Jesus, if you, if you look at Jesus' teaching on prayer, he says, keep going, keep praying, keep knocking. If you do, you will receive. He makes no promises about how soon the answer comes. But maybe, maybe the way that Zechariah and Elizabeth experienced a joy and a delight far beyond what they expected, maybe 
your joy and your delight will be more rich if your desired answer is delayed for God's timing. And perhaps, maybe, God will answer your prayer in a way that many more people will be blessed through it. Maybe God wants to do something bigger through your life. Another thing to do, possibly, is to remember his faithfulness in the past. And I love what Aliasha had just said about writing it down. Sometimes, writing it down. You know, the, uh, the dullest pencil is sharper than the sharpest memory. <laughs> and so sometimes when we write it down, we, we, it can bring it to mind, or we can set reminders and just like, look at what God has done. It's really easy to forget. Sometimes we forget the things that are so important to us in the moment. But remember his faithfulness. That, that has a way of building our faith as we look forward his help in the future. I hope this has been a help to you. I'm really excited to keep walking through the, the Gospel of Luke. We'll look at the, the next um, way that faith comes into play next week, and so I hope you come back and join us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time to gather this morning. Thank you for giving so much detail in the Christmas story. It's, you know, you just, you back it up to see, so we're, we're able to see a lot of the pieces that you are moving around and the way that your compassion and your mercy really shines through. So I pray that these words from, from the Bible will um, encourage our faith and build us up today. Help us to trust you. Help us to see and identify areas where we're, we're, we're veering into bitterness or just um, even antagonism towards you, Lord. I pray that we'd repent of that and put our full tr- trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.